Heart Dam. You're listening to Frolicking Chronicles, a Frolic Inc. broadcast. Well, hello, sister. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm about to play you a little something. All right, let's hear it. Oh, I love it. I know you recognize it. That's my guy, Jack White. Woo, White girl. That's your jam. That's my jam. I'm in the freaking club. Let's do this. I had to play it because... That is the anthem of so many teams, but specifically the Baltimore Ravens. And since we're talking about Edgar Allan Poe tonight, and we're actually recording on his birthday, so we'll get into that a little bit later. Happy birthday, Edgar. <laughs> Happy birthday, Edgar. Yeah, I, I, I was... think I realized that is like their specific... Oh, they're into Stop. it. You can go on YouTube and you can put in Baltimore Ravens and they're going to be like the hype video and that music is totally jamming and they even have fan vids where the whole stadium's going off and they're all in the same harmony. Uh, it's a fantastic riff. Just a little side uh, segue here about Jack White. First of all, it's not even played on a bass. It's the most recognizable riff, I, I mean, globally. It actually started with a soccer team, football, if you're from Europe, and has now gained this, like, global attention. And from what I understand, he actually played it on a semi-acoustic guitar and brought down an octave on his guitar pedal. So most people would just think it's bass if you're not really a musician. Right! Um, so it's just incredibly epic. And now it's well regarded as America's last folk song in the way that the Do human, you want to in the way that Do you want to know one of my biggest regrets in life and it was because I'm not selfish is Lizzie won concert tickets to like three different bands like Butthole Surfers, somebody else and the White Stripes and I let Paxton go. What the hell was I wrong with us? So I also let Eric go. I mean, he went to go. Oh, my gosh. I can't even begin to. I just anyway. It's my biggest <laughs> regret because I love the White Stripes so much. And Paxton likes them. But I don't think like Jack White's on his list. Like Jack White is on my right? list. Right. <laughs> Hello. Well, let me tell you. I mean, Jack White's pretty amazing. And when you think about how people have said that that's actually the last folk song. In the way that the human experience is amplified every time a stadium crowd starts to harmonize it, like you're in church. It's just I mean, pumped up. Yeah, yeah, you can't deny his talent. And Lizzie is going to be popping up throughout this episode because our little sister actually shares Edgar Allan Poe's birthday. Uh, yes, so amazing. Our, and her named her daughter Raven. <laughs> so epic. I mean, of course, Lizzie was born in uh, 1980, not 1809. <laughs> but right, however, exactly. they're birthday yeah. twins. Edgar would be 211 years old if I did my math right. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into it. I mean, Edgar Allan Poe okay. made our list. Uh, 
Samantha and I so, have been working on a, a little side project and recently, and you guys will learn more about this. We'll probably talk about it in our story or maybe, I, I don't know, maybe do a mini podcast episode about it. Uh, but Edgar Allan Poe's heavy on our radar right now because we just recorded ourselves doing a Patreon video for our sister's birthday, putting uh Edgar Allan Poe themed gifts in this box. And it turned out so good and she was so happy. I was only sad that I forgot to bring the candle to Oh include. yeah, that's right. Uh, so I have that gentle reminder of my, you know, brain fog, if you will, in hey, my now. office. Well, Tamantha, but, give us a little backstory on Edgar Allan Poe because I'm gathering yes. most of our followers know exactly who he is. I mean, his poem, The Raven, is probably the most well-known it was his first published poem even though he actually didn't get paid money for it he got paid in like 25 books yeah. or something it's so, so ridiculous so according to poemuseum.org the name poe brings to mind images of murderers and madmen premature burials and mysterious women who return from the dead his works have been in print since 1827 and include such literary classics as The Telltale Heart, The Raven, and The Fall of the Usher. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, The Fall of the House of Usher. There you go. This versatile writers of law includes short stories, poetry, a novel, a textbook, a book of scientific theory, and hundreds of essays and book reviews. He is widely acknowledged as the inventor of the modern detective story and an innovator in the science fiction genre. But he made his living as America's first great literary critic and theoretician. Poe's reputation today rests primarily on his tales of terror as well as on his haunting lyric poetry, just as the bizarre characters in Poe's stories have captured the public imagination, so too has Poe himself. He is often seen as a morbid, mysterious figure lurking in the shadows of moonlit cemeteries of crumbling castles. This is the Poe of legend. But much of what we know about Poe is wrong. The product of a biography written by one of his enemies in an attempt to defame the author's name. Right? That's pretty scandalous. Okay. It goes on, so I encourage you guys to go to poemuseum.org because it really is a cool uh, information, you know, all stuck in one place, you know. So check it out. First of all, the fact is, when I was in the Bronx, New York tea... (laughs) I can kick myself in the ass that I didn't know that he actually lived there. I mean, of course, it wasn't called the Bronx and it was a quick turnaround trip for our um, my son, Logan, uh, trying to scope out a few colleges. And I had stayed in a historical home. I stayed in Mott Haven and actually made fast friends with two of their local historians. But I did not, I just did not have Edgar Allan Poe on my radar at all. And well, oh my gosh, he lived in not only Baltimore, hence the Baltimore Ravens, which by the way, they got the name from a fan contest. The other options were not that great. I feel like it was the Americanas and Maranders or something like that. So goofy. So they chose the Ravens, which was the right choice. And here you go. There's a little cottage in Bronx, New York, Pole Park. Um, He has like, honestly, his life there was so wonderful i mean he was hella poor he never really made any money but he loved his wife and tamantha's probably gonna 
talk a little bit about that? Because that he wasn't. I don't well, know. I it's to kind add of a trip. Saying just about missed opportunities and not really kind of researching the area before you go to it. Because if you're and I've gotten in the habit of doing this more as I've gotten older, but I was once in Baltimore, Maryland, and I did not connect those dots myself and go visit his gravesite in Camden Yards. And I was there for when uh, Trent was doing the do tour demos um, in that crew for a couple of summers back, gosh, what, 2008-ish. Um, so I do have my own travel regrets of not going to see this historic, you know, literary okay. person I hear, visiting his gravesite. I hear a theme right now you were there in baltimore for trent and i was in new york for logan so we were distracted by our children if i were to go back to baltimore besides to see my beautiful friend isabel who oh, is, is. Um, i like to brag about her hell yeah as you general should. of baltimore maryland hi is if you're listening i love you i miss you i love you too so and i've only met her as a friend I've only met her uh, virtually. <laughs> I remember yeah, one time. She's amazing. But um, I just want to shout out to booking.com because they do have places that you can stay that are not far from, uh, you know, his grave site. And this one had an incredible rating, 9.8. And this is Rachel's Dowry Bed and Breakfast. And it looked like a cool old house brick and mortar and i just want to go uh the night rate starts at 139 and i think that's reasonable for something so cool hey. and i believe i read it's less than a half a mile to walk to his gravesite. i'm totally down and by the way i might have over talked samantha there just a little bit but is does need some recognition because she's freaking badass can you just one more time samantha emphasize what miss is is so, doing in maryland it, Isabel, we call her Is. She is my skate family. She's another skate mom. In fact, Joey Jett, her son, is doing really, really well. Um, look him up in Baltimore, Maryland. He has a clothing line, uh, I believe, called Jet Clothing. But she is the elected in, um, inspector general um, of Baltimore, Maryland. And she just is a badass going after people who are ripping off taxpayers and she is an anomaly because she once was an accountant and then she also went back to school to be a lawyer like in her 40s and she just is this this incredible story and she I became a so much alpaca farmer i mean is this, and by the way if you guys have been listening to the podcast we can go back uh, a few or so episodes to uh, November and talk about Twilight. That's actually how Iz and I got to know each other was when we were all oh, in the yes, mix of that and Arbella. And she, uh, I remember one time Paxton had said, Ronnie, how do you know uh, Isabel? And I said, uh, I, I never met her in person. <laughs> Only but I feel like, you know, I know her anyway. She's super fantastic. She's you guys. the cutest. She's fun. She has great energy and I just miss her. So I would go back to Baltimore just to see her. That's what I would do. And then I would add on the Edgar Allan Poe grief side. Yeah. And the bed and breakfast. So I'm, I yes. want us to actually make that happen and talk that into existence for sure. So Edgar Allan Poe, oh my gosh. Okay, this guy, because I'm thinking about the cottage in the Bronx and I'm thinking who he was living there with, which was his um, 
His wife, who he really loved, apparently they had a very loving relationship, super playful, but she was his cousin. Yes. She was yes, his cousin. And, and back in, you know, 1847, is that when? No, so they were married in like 1845 or something, right? No. What fact do you have, 1835? I don't know when they got married, sis. I just know that she was like 13 and he was in his late 20s, mid 20s, something like that. Yes, I mean, so she was nearly 14. So yes, that puts her at age 13. He was 27 years old. Yes, she was his cousin, the daughter of his aunt. And who then the aunt, from what I read, kind of mothered them both. In oh, for way. sure. He loved that auntie. By the way, Edgar really loved the women in his life. I'll give him that much because well, that his must mama. Be why he's so such a brilliant writer. I sure. Mean. And he's talking about women and death. You know, there's definitely a mourning and grieving there. His mom, Eliza, his birth mother, uh, died when he was three years old uh, from tuberculosis. His real dad, the asshole, basically, I mean, abandoned them. They were both actors. And, you know, during that time, being a woman actress, it wasn't really a well-respected um, profession. However, she had quite the fandom. She was quite talented. And I had came across a couple... Uh, Stories that said his real dad basically was an actor, but he wasn't very good at it. So who knows oh. what, how jealousy, you know, reigns and all that. But he bounced on her with like three kids. And then that she got awful. sick. She got tuberculosis uh, consumption. And his siblings and himself, he was like three years old, had to be fostered out. And that's how he ended up in the Allen household. And there you go. I don't think they had any of their own children. Uh, his new mama really embraced him. Um, in fact, I read somewhere he would sleep at the foot of their bed. Can you imagine? I mean, Gosh, just... I'm sorry. I don't know why just hearing this story that you're telling reminds me of the Queen's Gambit. Oh, yeah, Netflix. maybe. Yeah. Okay. That was a great show. Okay. So yeah. then, um, so she's motherly to him, loves on him, all this. She freaking gets sick. And his foster or adopted father starts having affairs and not just having affairs around town. He's actually bringing these women to the house where the sick wife is and Edgar loses his shit basically and calls him out on it. And they got into really huge vocal arguments. And so basically what does Pop do? Oh, okay. You're going to get up in my business. I'm going to send you off to college. And so he sends him off with not enough money, by the way. So he is there, he's taking his college classes. He, for all intents and purposes, has, is from what I understand, a really great student, but can't afford food, can't afford his books, can't afford anything. So he starts gambling. And oh that's how, and by the way, when he reaches out to his pop to give him some funds, his dad's so mad at him about, I think he built up, $2,000 worth of gambling debt, gets pissed, starts to write him off. Uh, poor Edgar starts uh, taking apart his furniture so he has wood to burn. I mean, it's like freezing in the winter. Oh, my god! And so you think about this mind and all these layers in there from dealing with death at a young age, really loving the women in his life, and then dealt the cruel hand 
of poverty, you know, and then by the way, how do you say Samantha, like written out of the will or whatever? And yeah, that's what, that's what I had read that he, that his dad, John Allen died and left him out of his will, but included an illegitimate child. I think so several illegitimate he children left and went back to Baltimore where he had family, mainly Aunt Maria Clem, whose daughter was Virginia, oh, there and you go. married. And they got married in 1835. That's I was reading my notes again, 1835. And then she died somewhat 12 years later in 1847, and that just devastated him. Yeah, you know, he was often found crying at the grave sites, like just crying at those tombstones. Wow. I mean, really crazy. I know that on Halloween night, there's a tradition of a gentleman. And I think it kind of reminds me of the Princess Bride, you know, the, the pirate that pretty much <laughs> like it, he has this great legend of himself, however, and reputation. However, it's actually not the exact same guy. It actually gets passed down like a, you know, torch. This, yes, this event that great. happens in... Uh, October on Edgar Allan Poe's birthday, uh, or no, I'm sorry, on Halloween, they actually dress up like Edgar Allan Poe. They never reveal their face and they do a toast to him at his gravesite. So that's a tradition that's been going on. So cool. And rumor has it that it's now that original person who would do it actually passed the torch to a younger gent so that the tradition can carry on. So there's some really cool things that, you know, the acclaim of Edgar Allan Poe and how he didn't really yeah, have the thing just, back just, then. I just love um, some of his stories. I like the Black Cat. You know, um, there's uh, the Best of the Radio Years, 1947. Uh, that's on Apple Music I found today. You can go on YouTube uh, and also see or hear James Earl Jones. Yes, and Christopher Lee. To oh, the Deviant. So good. So good. Yeah, and... There's a couple versions, but the version I did like was uh, from the channel Beyond the Darkness on YouTube, where they paired up deviant artwork from various artists, and James Earl Jones is reading The Raven. And if you're in a mood, or you want me to get into your feelings, put it on, man. It's so good. That, I mean, I, I think I'm going to put it on in the office well, I can't tomorrow because it's the inauguration. I'm I'm gonna be a celebratory mode as much as I can at work. But um I I just I don't know. I just want to embrace this moodiness. Well, like, the whole time maybe we were, I need to cry a little. Yeah, the whole time <laughs> we were prepping for doing the video showing our gift package with all these cool finds, by the way. I had it on YouTube and just type in Edgar Allan Poe and those things pop up. James Earl Jones, Christopher Lee, um, BuzzFeed. That was a funny one. Um, yeah. They it's, are funny. It's, those guys I are love funny. those guys. I love those guys. All right. So. Shall we talk about our mocktail before we carry on? Yeah, so we're in we're in dry January, but it, I'm not partaking fully in dry January. Same. I'm planning to have a celebratory blue cocktail tomorrow night. Um, I believe I sipped on some wine this weekend, possibly. But I am excited about this. I basically made a mixed berry virgin mojito. 
And I had some organic ginger ale um, on my little sidebar table. And I pureed the mixed berries. Of from course the you section. did. Of course you did. I did. Um, I, I, you know, oh my gosh, I'm stuttering. But um, I put them in a little saucepan, probably about a cup of frozen berries, some, maybe a quarter cup of water, and a couple tablespoons of raw sugar, brought it to a boil, simmered it down, let it reduce, and then let it cool a little bit. And what I did was I brought out the copper. I'm going to show you. The listeners can't see. But I brought out the, co- the copper, yes. you know, cup of Paxton's. I actually had some mint in the fridge. I knew we were going to do a mocktail possibly. So I First of all, prep a little bit when I went to Sprouts yesterday. I know. I remember and, exactly when Paxton ordered those copper uh, Moscow Mule cups. Was that Kiko's 40th birthday? We were outside uh-huh. and he was like, I'm, she was, first of all, Joanna's a great hostess and she threw a oh wonderful God, birthday party. A party. I don't remember the place, but it was, well, it was when you could serve punch. The and key you could club or your, the name club. Oh, it's so cool. So, so it's huge, beautiful punch bowl full of, um, the cocktail. Pre-made cocktails. Moscow, it was a Moscow mule, right? And so then Paxton started researching yes. and he straight up was like, oh, I'm ordering me some copper cups. I was like, okay. And like, you know, you're still well, using it. Well, here it is. So fun, fun. I actually muddled some fresh mint and a couple wedges of lime in the bottom, poured over that suit, that mixed berry syrup, threw in a nice large uh, ice cube. And then I poured the ginger ale over it and it is flavorful it's yummy i wish i was at the club listening to jack white or something (laughs) okay it tastes like a cocktail without the boobs it's lots of fun and here's me being super basic (laughs) but i'm drinking out of my m and f coffee mug from las vegas makers and finders that coffee shop i am straight up only drinking milk I'm getting my vitamin D. <laughs> I'm so basic. <laughs> You've always been a milk drinker. And I was just telling you how I have, you know why I don't drink milk is because when we were underway on, on the high endurance cutters, they froze the milk. So as a mess cook, I had to reload the milk machine. And when I realized the milk was frozen and just having that visual of the expired date, and we were well packed. So this probably also has contributed to my issue with expired and best buy dates type of things. I have never gotten past that. And, it doesn't I mean, that sound like it. Oh, my gosh. Of, yes. I mean, or 1993 to 95 was my time on the ship. So that was so long ago. But now if I drink milk, um, I'm really not drinking it. I might dip my Oreos in it because I do. I do still like Oreos and milk. But if I'm making hot chocolate, I'm definitely going to use almond milk. I mean, Trent is so conscious of the environment and what, you know, cows and methane and everything contributes to. So I try and be more plant-based. But again, I'm popping vitamin D pills before I go to bed. I don't, I'm not a milk drinker. Well, here's the thing. I can totally appreciate almond milk and the soy milks and all that, even though actually our friend Jordan Monsell was telling me that Eric should not be doing soy. He should be doing oat milk. Something with the guys yeah, and their prostates. Yeah, oat milk's good. 
You guys didn't know you were going to get yeah. a milk lesson on this one. Okay, so, but for me. Well, we got to make milk exciting. Milk is yeah, exciting. Yeah, okay. Because depending on what, do you drink organic or do you care? I mean, there's so many variations of milk. Okay, I straight up drink 2%. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to, I don't know why, I'm just not fancy. I mean, maybe it stems from when we were little babies. I mean, mom said she never put us on formula. It was too expensive. She just straight up gave us milk. Uh, it's a calming thing for me too. And by the way, with COVID, I have been tested twice. Both were negative. I do feel like I might have a little bit of a superpower between being O positive blood and having my milk every day for the last, well, almost all my life. I'm not... I'm not going to knock my that MD, because, baby. Know, my husband, Paxton, actually did get COVID. And miraculously, Sophia and I did not have it, thank the heavens. And because I was obviously exposed to Paxton, we shared sure. a bedroom and a bed for three days. The only things I wonder about is that, yes, we're O positive. I pop a crazy amount of vitamin D almost nightly. I keep it by my nightstand but to remember to do it. A week before, uh, we had had, Sophia and I had gotten our flu shots. Okay. And just, you know, not being as intimate, you know, I don't know. Girl, like, what, COVID what? is a romance deal breaker. Okay. Yes. That, yes. I, I'm so, I don't know. You guys can comment or just DM us, ladies. Like, has that been a deal breaker for you? Because my husband is around a lot of people and... I, sometimes I'm like, yeah, no, it can't happen. Or I no, see, or I get I Julia Roberts like, on that, and I'm like, no kissing. <laughs> no kissing. I, I, yeah, I was like, I just, I told one of my friends, I was like, I just didn't put out that week, so I don't know if that helped me. Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's poor real talk, but at the same point, like, hey guys, I didn't. Get you COVID. didn't get COVID, okay? I was wondering if wood, you were going to. Oh, knock on wood. I don't want to get it. I right. Don't get it. Well, and I was going to um, kind of hit you up privately about when you might reveal that Paxton actually got COVID. And we're so grateful that he actually didn't have many symptoms. I mean, I think Paxton's like Yeah, biking. he basically, like, not to get too far off topic of Edgar Allan Poe, but obviously tuberculosis was the, the, the disease of that then, time. Yeah, for sure. And now we're in a pandemic. Um, Paxton, I feel like we are fortunate because the worst that we experienced was annoyance. And I always tell myself the fact that he didn't have to go to the hospital. He yes. never dropped in oxygen levels. Um, we were really just annoyed and it was hard because we were so, it was hard because we were so diligent. He quarantined in Trent's old bedroom. Um, I would bring him dinner, you know, at one point in the beginning, I was bringing him breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then he was like, just get me some cliff bars and, you know, and he's very extroverted. And so I really give him credit for also remaining in the room. Yeah. And then we, Sophia and I were wearing masks when we were cooking or crossing each other's paths. It was hard because it's not like we have a lot of together time and she's a teenager and she has her schoolwork and she has a job and we, Pax and I both work. We're not eating at the dinner table like we used to, you know, but, um, that's all I can attribute it was, to. Was it, it was just extremely crazy. diligent. And if, once again, if you guys have known us for a while, you know, Tamantha's a complete germaphobe. And so she really <laughs> has taken her COVID responsibilities 
to next levels, you know. So the fact that Paxton ended up getting it, which, by the way, our cousin had posted. Hi, Dan, if you're listening. Um, had posted <laughs> this, like, meme of a kid, like, when you hate your neighbors. And then he's blowing bubbles, to, and he has COVID, with this little kid. With his breath of air. With his breath of air in the bubbles, going to the neighbor's house. And I said, oh, if he only knew what that signified. <laughs> I, did, I did private message him. Okay, I good. I don't want to sell anybody out. Yeah. But we do suspect that Paxton got it in a um, local area a casual yeah. way that um you know you just don't know who has it or who doesn't and not everybody is i don't want to say forthcoming um not everybody is trying to be as careful paxton was out front basically yeah. and someone approached him for a favor and he didn't have a mask on and our, our neighbor didn't have a mask on and so we suspect because that household had gotten COVID, COVID positive. So now uh, this is this, the timing was too too coincidental. And this brings up another thing I was thinking about. You know, we often have said, you know, we're we're in our forties. We technically were forty six. And I ha- was laughing the other day at myself because here I am putting anti back again for the gazillion time. I'm like, oh, this is COVID hands. I totally got COVID hands. I'm like, it's not even going to be like you're aging. It's just. Yep, legit COVID hands, you know, because yeah, then your hands are so dry. Yeah, they're not oh, cute. Oh, yes, I have to have lotion. And then um, it's so funny because you talk about the germaphobe days just really quickly. Tiffany, uh, her son, Justin, he would always laugh like, you know, oh, there's Tamantha with her antibacterial on her Girl, purse. Girl, we know? were always with the antibacterial. I can tell what, when you bought your anti-back or how old school you are by the shape of your anti-back bottle, you know, that kind of thing. So, That's true. All right, let's do a cheers. Cheers to Paxton's house, Sancha. I don't even have anything to cheers you with. Oh my gosh, I don't either. (laughs) Okay, hold on. Here we go. Cheers to Paxton, Sancha. To good health. To good health. Okay, my milk is still amazing. All right, so. My ginger ginger ale here is tasting so good. Ginger's really good for you, so I feel like I have all these natural elements juices and antioxidants in here with the lime and the mixed berries and the mint and the ginger ale so i'm feeling good yeah might be too sugary for this time definitely legit all right so the reason why i was wanting us to have our cocktail or i should say mocktails was because we have often been told that edgar Allan poe was an alcoholic gambler and the things that I have been reading lately or listening to via YouTube suggest he actually may have had a condition that he couldn't handle alcohol. Meaning he oh. has one glass of wine and he's stumbling like a drunk person. Wow. There's even theories that suggest um, when he was very young that he was told he had a lesion on his brain. Because once he was buried in his, I don't know who did this, but they actually brought up his bones for some reason. And they actually saw a little round uh, ball inside his skull. And people immediately thought like that might be his brain, but that doesn't make any sense. Your brain decays, you know, pretty quickly. So now what they're saying is it probably was a tumor that calcified and became hard. Well, that explains a lot of Edgar Allan Poe's mentality. If he had a tumor on his brain, on his last days, you know, having these uh, visions and seeing things and talking to people who weren't there, 
you, you, it just begs the question, like, was he and really an alcoholic or your vision? And yes. And also, by the way, because the inauguration is um, tomorrow and congratulations, President elect Biden we're, and Kamala Harris, we're yes, so happy. Yes, congratulations. So, so happy. The thing is, is that they have now done, you know, this true crime surge is very popular. A lot of people are into listening to true crime or watching those broads who do their makeup and they're telling them, you know, did this really happen in a murder, murder mystery? Turns out Edgar Allan Poe might have been murdered at a polling place. What? It's called Cooping. I didn't know anything about it. Apparently they used to have voting polls at the bars. And oh, yes. Do you remember we kind of were watching yes, this, this little is bit a together? Big thing I've heard about this in the suppression of votes. Yes, and so they would basically kidnap people or force people to dress as different people to look different and then make them go vote a gazillion times. I mean, how crazy that that's come full circle, you know, now again with wow. all the election stuff going on in America. Uh, however, they're saying that there is um two theories. One is that he could have been basically poisoned by alcohol somebody um po like didn't know you know what i mean that he had that condition or whatever and forced him to wear these because they found him like shabby like in shabby clothes like not himself i mean if you it ever didn't see, make sense it didn't make sense because he always wore that like um what do you call that piece of clothing you know it's a very period piece you know kind of a cape but uh jacket of bolero I don't know if it's a bolero, but I usually feel like it's Jack the Ripper, except Edgar Allan Poe yeah. is um, pictured in one that is black. And um, he was not wearing his traditional garb by any means. So one theory is, is that he was murdered um, kind of thing outside of a polling place or this or the other. But the other theory is that after his wife passed away, he actually got reengaged to one of his first loves. Okay. So like, you know, kind of brought the whole thing oh. back. And she had three brothers who did not want her to be engaged to Edgar. By the way, doesn't have any money. Broke. Presumably uh, alcoholic. Oh, that is serious. If you watch Bridgerton at all, the brothers do uh, have a say in who you get married to or not. Right? I mean, there's still customs to this day that families have a lot of say with who you get married to. And they're saying that they knew he had the alcohol situation and they potentially poisoned him with alcohol and then beat the crap out of him and then when he was finally found of course he he never really bounced back out of that delirium um so really tragic wow. story and so yeah there's definitely some science involved there yeah i read on alcation.com which uh goes in depth it's by john Murphy, and it also relates to him being in Baltimore while he's buried there. Uh, Poe met his wife here, died here, and is buried here. His death is still unknown, but the use of drugs and alcohol, both of which he was accused, have been suggested as possibly contributing to his death. And so, I cannot remember the guy who bought all the rights uh to or of edgar Allan poe's writings and maybe it's a good thing because he gets a lot of acclaim and he kind of basically was fraudulent you know basically saying that edgar Allan poe was this alcoholic gambler womanizer but he really wasn't i mean now we're finding things that he wasn't a womanizer you know he might have actually yeah. had this medical condition and he, he actually cherished the women in his life totally totally which 
is actually very, uh, you know, chivalry's not dead. I mean, a gentleman right there. Tamantha. That except for the age difference. I yeah, that was kind of weird. That, I mean, that spooks me. I'd have to do more research on it. it. I mean, it's obviously way not acceptable in modern times. Well, not in today's day, but then also think back to, I don't, have you watched Bridgerton at all? No. Okay, well, I mean, like, she does almost get, spoiler alert, there's, a, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for people if they still want to watch it, but, but there was sometimes those age gaps, and it was not frowned upon. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, what was acceptable back then, way not acceptable now, it, it's just weirds us out. We're just, it's not right customary. Samantha, if we can go back to when Lizzie... Our little sister, whose birthday is today. Uh, happy birthday, birthday twins. Happy birthday, Lizzie. Happy birthday, little Lizzie. Uh, she was very much uh, enthralled in this goth kind of real men wear makeup. Um, really into the cure. Oh, she loved the really, cure, yes. <laughs> uh, really yes. into the crow with Brandon Lee. The crow! Yes, and he... Tap, 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 Kima rapping at my door. Exactly. Up, it's such a cool <laughs> um, little segue into the Edgar Allan Poe thing. And real big fans obviously recognize it right out the gate when they see that scene. It, it's had this resurgence. I don't know if... Maybe that's not correct. Maybe these people have always been there and we're paying more attention. But they're definitely... In the 90s was been. that goth thing, right? There's a reason why Sabrina the Teenage Witch is number one or in top ten on Netflix. Goth and the macabre has always been, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It, but Edgar Allan Poe, he certainly does have the, you know, rights to the beginning of it all in a sense for American literature. I agree. I agree. It's He's the OG of yeah. macabre. Here. And it's a shame that, you know, just like with many artists... They unfortunately don't get the claim until after they've passed on to another world. When you said that he didn't get the money, you know, for all his great writings and he was always poor. Not that um, Kate and uh, Leonardo were poor, but it just kind of reminded me how their contracts, you know, didn't give them anything on the back end of Titanic. And they just kind of... They didn't make really much money off the of Titanic. You know what? I'm I'm really sad to hear that. I don't know if I actually knew that. But what I do know is this. People like Tony Hawk and that skateboard game were pioneers in people getting residuals. Uh, our good old boy Keanu Reeves, same thing with The Matrix. He was good about getting a percentage of whatever still came in. I mean, I don't know all the business in the of it. Which I heard that that might be coming back. Right, I know. And you know that the um the brothers that did the matrix are actually women now? They're like sisters. They they both Oh was transitioned. it Jade and Tip saying that they transitioned? Yeah. I, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So there's like we're gonna Ooh, talk about the matrix. Out. I don't know and much about that. them except so that they made that's great probably a future episode. Just, yeah, I just feel like The Matrix is one of those movies that like you sit down for five minutes and you're sucked in. Oh, you can't help it. It was just the I mean People, every, a lot of things we see in film now are tributes to The Matrix. I mean, whether it's a fight scene, um, dialogue. I mean, there, there's just so many great things. I just like the all black. Yeah, it's cool. It's that cool. Goth, that, that sharp, spooky, authority 
looking. <laughs> well, happy birthday, Edgar Allan Poe, and to our sister Lizzie. Man, he was a complex person. Complex person with a complex story. And I am excited to kind of, I guess, start reading him more. Me too. And the madness and of it all. I mean, just if you think about that balance scale and where madness and genius kind of come together. You yeah, know, we I'm, have I'm an about Edgar. to get moody like that. I want to I wanna get that vibe. All right. Well, once again, guys, this is... Um, a travel destination for us you know the paranormal yes we have not yes, visited any of the three houses he's been affiliated with <laughs> all right i love you have a great night and happy birthday yes Lizzie. love you, you. sis <laughs>